I'm going to start with Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And I talked about this down in Prescott and last week, and uh, I feel like it's worth repeating here. So it says, this is probably really familiar to most of you. Obviously, we, we talk about this a lot, but it's Ephesians 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Are we in an evil day? Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think so. It sure seems like it, doesn't it? And having done all to stand... Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench some of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Oh, I'm sorry. It says all. My bad. My Bible says some. No, it says all. It says all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we have armor. We have armor to stand, don't we? God has given us the armor, but guess what? He's also given us weapons. In 2 Corinthians, it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but strong and mighty, right, in the Lord. He's given us armor, but he's also given us weapons. And a few weeks ago, I was, we were in worship, and I was standing here, and the Holy Spirit impressed upon me. He said, look at that sign up there. It says, worship the king. And he said, now change that O to an A. It says worship. Worship is our worship. It's one of our weapons we have against the enemy. When we worship in spirit and in truth, it's a weapon against the enemy that we can use, and it connects us in the spirit. It's spiritual warfare when we worship. And so you wonder maybe why we've been, why worship has kind of gone in a direction that it's gone. You may have noticed that worship, the worship here has kind of started to come go to a different level. There's a reason for that. We're, we're entering into spiritual warfare. 
And when we connect with the Spirit, that's what we're doing in worship. So I just encourage you to keep that in mind this morning, that as we go into worship, that it's not just singing songs. It's not just singing and feeling good about, you know, what we're singing and, and you know, it kind of gives us good tingly feelings or whatever. No, we're, we're going into spiritual warfare here. And we're warring against the principalities and the powers and the rulers of this dark age because there's a lot of stuff that we need to war against in the spirit. So remember that as we're going in, that it's not just about, like I say, just singing good songs. It's about, we're, we're going into warfare here. Amen? Let's, let's all stand. Father, we thank you so much that you give us armor to stand against the wiles of the devil, that we can stand in the evil day against everything that Satan throws at us. Father, it says that it quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy. Lord, and I thank you that we have armor, but we also have weapons. And one of our weapons in worship, Lord God, we just enter in this morning into spiritual warfare, tearing down all those things that the enemy would try to set up against God, against the knowledge of God, against his people. Lord God, we just enter in this morning. We get on the warship of worship. And we thank you for it, and we bless you, and we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's worship this morning. It's on. Okay. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. The number of them were 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever Romans Romans chapter 4 starting with verse 3 excuse me what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to, to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but what is due. To the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, our faith, is credited to us 
as righteousness. It's do us who believe. The second song, I flipped two verses. Let the righteousness of God be the holy flame that burns. Let the righteousness of God be the holy flame that burns. We are the righteousness of God. We need to be that holy flame that burns. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. We are the church. We are the righteousness of God. We need to be that holy flame that burns. Here we are, recharging. When we leave here, tomorrow, this afternoon, Monday until next Sunday, we need to be that holy flame that burns because we are the righteousness of God. talks about the promised blessings for Jerusalem. And he said in 6, it says, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. All this may, may seem impossible to you now, a small remnant of God's people, but is, but is it impossible for me, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. And this is what the Lord of Heaven army, army says. You can be sure that I will rescue my people from the east and from the west. I will bring them home again to live safely in Jerusalem. And they will be my people, and I will be faithful, and just toward them as their God. And it goes down to say in 12, For I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit, and the earth will produce its crops, and the heavens will release the dew. Once more I will cause the remnant in Judah and Israel to inherit their blessings. Among the other nations, Judah and Israel became symbols of a cursed nation, but no longer. Now I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. So don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with rebuilding the temple. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, this week, who's the temple? <laughs> We're the temple. We are his temple. You are his temple. He wants you to be rebuilt. He wants you to stand and be that person in other people's lives. You are the person that God has called out of darkness and into this light, into his light. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit for this very hour to walk in what he's called you to do. be seated if you can if you want to stand stand if you want to run run 
you want to roll around on the floor, go right ahead. Please be my guest. Hallelujah. I love, I love God. I love the Spirit of God. He is amazing, isn't He? Absolutely amazing. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, for those of you who are reading along in the uh, Bible over the two-year period, which is coming quickly to an end, September, middle of September, I think September 12th is the end of the, the uh, uh, sequence or the, the read through the Bible in two years uh, plan. Then we'll be starting all over again with Genesis 1, read through it all the way again. But First uh, Peter, you know that we're in First Peter right now. We just were actually this last week. We've been in First Peter two and three, one, two, and three. Now, starting uh, tomorrow, we're going to be in First Peter four or this week here. And I read ahead. Sorry, I read ahead, but it's good. It's good. First Peter chapter four, begin with verse seven. Has a wonderful verse to start out the service today says the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. Now you'd think that'd be ominous, but I see a lot of smiles on people's faces. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I, as somebody, uh, I think somebody said something earlier, probably it was John when he was starting out the service, he said something about, and I can't remember what it was, but it, was, it could have been taken ominously and heard people laughing. It's, why is that? Why, do we, why can we look at the system, the situation that the world is in and have a smile on our face? Because of all those songs we just sang. Yes. Because our foundation... Yes. is not a foundation based upon wisdom, man's wisdom, man's ability. It's not based upon tradition. It's not based upon on anything this world has to offer. It's based upon one thing and one thing only, and that's the name of Jesus. That name which is above every name. That name which is worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory. That name, the name of Jesus, the King. That's why we can read, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers all over a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. We heard people speaking the oracles of God this morning. Well, wait a second. They're not pastors. How in the world can they come up here and have the audacity? They're not licensed ministers they're not well one is I'll give you a pass but how, how can they get up here because the same spirit that was in Christ is in us Amen. 
And when he leads you to speak, when he tells, when he gives you something to share, the scriptures that were read, the words that were shared, the encouragements, it's because the same spirit that was in Christ, that raised Christ from the dead, is the same spirit in us. But we need to use the gifts. We need to use the abilities. We need to use the stuff he's given us to touch the world around us. Amen. Amen. To him. Whoa. I love it when my voice booms. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12, very important. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Now, I wanted to read all of that in context because it's really good to read it in context. You don't want to just pull out a single verse. You don't want to pull out a, an idea and just, you know, make a, a doctrine around or make a, you know, even a sermon about it. We want to look at the Bible as a whole. There's the, there's the parts that make us excited, get us, gets us all pumped up and ready to go and go through the week. Then there's the point that we make us go, Ugh. But we have to understand it's all, in, it's all in all. The Word is the Word. The Gospel is the Gospel. There, there is untold blessings, untold uh, uh, benefits. There's untold, it's over it, what His mercies and His blessings and, his, and his, his goodness poured out on us. We can't measure it. It just keeps giving. He is good. And He's good towards us. And that's wonderful. That's, that is exciting to celebrate. But then there's the other side of it, is we live in a sinful, fallen world that needs Jesus. And this week, I, you know, we were blessed, man. We were so blessed to be able to go on vacation. And it's, uh, you know, usually we take our vacations Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. We don't take a weekend off, but we actually took 10 days. Wow. I got so rested on Wednesday, I'm laying there trying to take a nap. <laughs> I mean, usually I just, I, I sit down anywhere and, you know, I can take a nap anywhere, in any position, any situation. But on Wednesday, I'm laying there trying to take a nap going, I'm bored. <laughs> 
You know you've had a vacation when you go, wow. I was like, I could go home right now. I mean, I'm just, well, we've got another day. Actually, two days. Thursday, I was just like, I got to do something. Find something for me. You know, I got to go talk to somebody. I got to go do something quick. There's nobody around except Deb. But she was wonderful. She, she's tired of talking to me by that point. She wants to talk to somebody else. <laughs> But I had a lot of time to think, a lot of time to meditate. You know how when you're going through life, you can't see the forest because of the trees? But then when you actually do slow down and things, you stop. You stop. I, I quit looking at anything on the internet after a while. It was wonderful. It's amazing. There's a whole world out there outside of the internet. Did you know that? It's amazing. <laughs> But when you do hear about the, the world, you just see the pain and the suffering and the stuff that's going on. And, you know, if, if Peter could say back 2,000 years ago, the end of all things is at hand, how much more today? But I started to meditate on, okay, if this is the end of all things, what is our responsibility? What are we supposed to do about this? What does God want us to, how does he want us to live our lives? How does he want us to move forward on this, from this day forward? How does he want us to get up every day and to live our lives and to go to bed every night having gone, yes, I did what I was supposed to do? What is the end of all things? What is the purpose? Well, what's beautiful is every song you just heard, every scripture that was just read, said it over and over and over again. It was culminated by, you know, we are the body of Christ. We are the, the church. We are the tabernacle. We, we are, you know, the tabernacle in the Old Testament was where God's presence resided. And if anybody wanted to hear from God, they had to go to the tabernacle. They had to go to the temple. So if we're the temple, the tabernacle of God, the spirit of God, and that's what happened when the, ta when the, when the veil was torn in two, what happened was the Spirit of God no, ever, no longer existed only in that building. He never did only exist in that building. He was always everywhere, but that's where you had to go to, to meet God. He, he left that place and he entered us. We're the temple. This skin is the veil. Now, if you look at it theologically, metaphorically. And people need to hear what God's answers are because this world is fading fast man this world is going down fast it's going down fast and it's going down ugly and this is just the beginning and I just I keep hearing over and over and over again this is not the end but it is the beginning of the end we still have time we still have opportunity we still have a future and a hope nothing has changed in the presence of God nothing has changed in the spirit of God nothing has changed in the church of God the world's trying to tell you it's changed the world's trying to tell you you're in trouble you're in trouble especially if you're a Christian if that's what you're hoping on you're in trouble well they're liars the devil's a liar nothing has changed his promises are still true. His promises are still yes and amen. 
This week, as I was meditating on different things and praying and just seeking God, one of the things that just kept coming back, I couldn't figure out why it kept coming back to me. Why this? There was two phrases. One was said to me about 20 years ago by somebody in this church. And then one about two weeks ago, or a little less than two weeks ago, said almost the same thing. I won't out anybody. I won't say, you know, they're still around. They're still here. But the first person was about 20 years ago. So I've been in this church now for 20 years. Been as the assistant pastor for two years. And then Pastor Dan and Claudia went on the road full time. I became the senior pastor 18 years ago. And I began to preach and began to share more and more and cast a vision for the church. And I had a, a church member come up to me and they said, now here's the deal. I'm putting my trust in your leadership. Don't screw it up. Now, you have to understand, I understood the the heart of what they were saying. If you're going to follow a pastor, if you're going to follow somebody, they better be going in the right direction. Because if they're not going in the right direction, ugh. And I actually took it to heart. I was like, man, that's good stuff. They said, you know, I'm putting my trust in you. I'm putting my family's trust, you know, our trust that you're going to be teaching the right thing, leading the right direction, speaking the right things. Don't screw it up. Because he says, my, my life, my family's life banks on this, being right. That, you know, we just read in First Peter, those of you that are reading, this last week it said, those who preach the word are going to be judged double. Why? Because it's not just my life, it's other people's lives. Then about a week and a half ago, I was talking to somebody and they said, you know, your sermons are getting really good. You're you're, you're really starting to preach good stuff. Good, this is really good. It's either really anointed and and of God or we've drank the (laughs) Kool-Aid. That's always the possibility, you know. It could be really good, or... And in this world, it's getting, going to get continually and continually and continually harder to determine who's right and who's wrong. And I want this morning for you to understand something very clearly. I want you to hear this today. Because what I'm about to say here in the next 15 minutes is going to set a course. And I want you to hear me clearly. Because as we go deeper into the end, it's going to need to be more and more important to understand what's truth and what isn't. Turn with me to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Beginning with verse 19. Mark 13, verse 19. I read out of the ESV, the excellent standard version. (laughs) Just kidding. I do, it's out of the ESV, but it's the English standard version. Mark 13, verse 19 says this, For in those days 
there will be such tribulation as not has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short those days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray. If possible, the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all these things, or all things beforehand. Now, I'm gonna, I, I, I read that because I want to put this into context. And it really has nothing to do with my opinion. It really has nothing to do with what I think. It has, it has to be based on the Word of God. If, 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 if you hear, that's one of the things you need to hear today, is that everything, everything, I don't care what it is, everything must be based on the Word of God. That is the answer. That is the hope. That is the truth. Amen. Jesus is the Word. John said that. And the Word dwelt among us. Became flesh. When you, when you read the Word, you understand, you see Jesus. Don't, don't, don't look to anything else. Because in the end times, it's going to get really murky, folks. Amen. It's already starting to get murky. And you need to know what the Word says. Why do I keep saying that over and over? Why is one of the six pillars of RVFM, River Valley Christian Churches, why is one of them read your Bible daily? Because it's going to get so murky, you need light. Amen. And the Word is light. The Word is truth. You can go back to that and go, now where does, what does this say? What is this saying? How does it work? So... In the end, it, as we move forward, we're already seeing it. There's confusion going on. There's confusion even within the church. And not everything that is confusing, let me say, I want to be careful here. Not everything that's confusing is satanic. Some of it is just unnecessary. Now, hopefully I don't step on anybody's toes. But I also want to just say it as plain as I can because I just need to say it as plain as I can. In the end times, there's going to be people saying, hey, here's the anointing over here. No, 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 here's the anointing over here. Well, wait, wait, it's over there. No, there's Jesus, there's, there's God, there's, God's doing this over here. And what did Jesus say? Because Jesus said this. Don't believe it. Don't chase it. Don't chase it. Years ago, years ago, I was in a, in a place where, where some really important Christians basically snubbed me and said, you know, we're, you know, we're going to go do this and then you, you're, you're not included. You don't get to go. You don't get to be a part of it. And I was sitting at home and I was kind of whining to myself saying, well, how come I wasn't invited? How come I, how come I couldn't go be a part of that? How come I wasn't invited to that meeting? How come I wasn't? And I was feeling really bad for myself. And I'm sitting on the couch watching television. And it wasn't Christian television either. It was probably HGTV or something. You know, I don't know. Something really bad like that. But I'm sitting there and I'm just feeling sorry for myself. Just feeling cruddy. And, 
And, and all of a sudden, I hear this, you know, because I know the voice of God when he speaks to me. I know what he, and I hear the Spirit of God saying, what are you whining about? Well, they didn't invite me, and, and I didn't get included, and I didn't get to go to that meeting, and I didn't, how come I didn't get to, how come, why don't they realize that I'm, I'm you know, spiritual too, and, and how come I didn't go? And he goes, you knock it off. God talks to me that way. Sorry, folks. He did, you know, he's not, oh, loving child, I love, you know. He just kind of speaks to me like a, my dad would. Just like, knock it off. He says, John, I'm here with you. I didn't have to go to some meeting to get to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was right here. Amen. He's in me. He's in us. The Spirit of God isn't in the desert. It's not in the city. It's not in, the, you know, it's not in that meeting or that meeting. The Spirit of God is in you. Now, if He leads you to go to that meeting, great. Then that's great. But you don't have to go to that meeting to get the Spirit of God. This is just real stuff, folks. This is, this is nuts and bolts. You're going to need to understand that moving forward. Is you don't have, some, there's going to be somebody who says, if you don't come and be a part of this movement or be a part of doing this a certain way, you're going to miss God. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Years ago, I had somebody call me up. Hey, there's a meeting in such and such a place. The power of God is being poured out. There's miracles. God told me to call you. You need to be there. If you don't come, you're going to miss it. And I said, hey, thanks a lot for the invite, click. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in me. The Spirit of God is in you. Now, when we, when we join together as the body of Christ, wow, we saw that this morning. But we don't have to chase after God. He's already, He's in us. We don't have to go anywhere. I actually wasn't going to talk about that this morning. I was going to talk about the next thing I'm about to say. But somebody needed to hear that. One of the things that you are seeing a lot of now is there's a lot of dreams and prophecies and visions and stuff being spoken everywhere. And that's great. I'm not, I am absolutely, God speaks through his prophets. God speaks through visions, dreams, and all the stuff. All the stuff. I mean, he does. He probably got, you know, God's had me prophesy. He's, had, he's given me dreams. I had a dream this last week that was from God. I woke up in the morning. I was like, wow. I mean, I still remember vividly. I, don't re I, remember, I, have, I remember my dreams, but most of them are just like, that was a dream. Okay. It was a pizza. You know, it was the shrimp I had for whatever. <laughs> but I had a dream this week. It was just awesome. And I'm not going to share it with you. Because it's not for you. It was something God dealt with me about. He was, I was feeling sorry for myself early in the week. I was tired. I was beat up. And I, God, I'm, you know. And I had this dream. And it, I woke up. And I'm just like, man, John, just do it. I was in a funk going into about Monday or Tuesday. I had that dream. I woke up. And I was like, yes. I'm right. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to. Come on. Why so downcast, oh my soul? That's in the Bible, you know. Why so down? You know, why am I in a funk? Yes, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. That doesn't even mean my life is messed up. My life is blessed. 
I don't care what the economy is doing or what X, Y, Z people, you know, I don't care what the world's doing. The, the goodness of God has not changed for me. The goodness of God has not changed for you. That's what the word says. That's truth. Stick with the word. Okay, so there's been, there's been a lot of uh, uh, dreams and visions. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube. You can go out and, you, and wow, you can find somebody said something about something. It's all over the place. And I'm actually not saying that that's, there is, you know, that, 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 that it's not, not from God. Too many knots, I think. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, don't let it move you. You follow the Spirit of God. One of them was a, a, a dream that a pastor down in, in Kentucky saw, and, and I thought, you know, I've got I've to address this, because this won't be the last dream that comes along. It's not the last prophecy that somebody will prophesy. It's not the last vision someone will have. There was a, uh, and I won't, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, I'm just not, because, but there was a dream where somebody had it, and I actually do believe he had the dream. I mean, I'm not saying that he lied that he had a dream, I believe he had a dream. And I believe he saw some stuff. I don't know what the interpretation is. I have my opinion, but what we need to do with those visions, with those, we need to, uh, we need to, Put the, the filter of the Word of God over them and say, what is the Spirit of God saying to me? In that vision, he saw turmoil. Well, we're in turmoil. He saw, he saw sickness and disease. Well, hello. He saw riots in the streets. Yes. He saw all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I... We're in the end times, folks. Nations will rise up against nations. The enemy is going to attack. But what it can't do is if anybody watched that video, and it did to me for about the first six hours, it sent me into a tailspin, baby. I watched that video and I just went, oh, oh, now what? Great. Here we go. Okay, that is not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is love, joy, peace. Yes. Now, are those kinds of things going to happen? I don't doubt it one bit. But what's our responsibility? What's our? What's, what's God saying to us? He, Jesus said, in the end times, it's going to get so bad that if he doesn't stop it, nobody's going to make it. That's bad. What we've seen so far is nothing compared to what's going on. That's why it is absolutely 100% completely in every way, shape, and form paramount that you learn to walk by faith. Amen. Because whether there's a, 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 a hard currency money system or if it's a digital money system or if it's the mark of the beast, who's your supply? <laughs> you didn't sound very like <laughs> see I knew if I said the mark of the beast this morning people are going to go oh no there he goes I was having a good Sunday well now I guess we'll have to try to sludge through the week no the word of God has not changed 
my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. <laughs> well, unless, unless the financial system fall, falls apart, unless, unless uh, you know, cash currency is worthless, unless coins completely disappear from all banks in the world. No, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. My, my, I will prosper just as my soul prospers. I am blessed exceedingly abundantly, more than I could ever hope, think, or ask. That's what the Word says. It doesn't matter what the world says. What matters, you know, understand that the Word of God is where the answer is. Secondly, sickness, disease. Do you know that cases of COVID-19 are up all over the world? <laughs> no, I coughed in that direction. Sorry for anybody I just offended. God revealed himself as our healer. He is our healer. We need to know how to walk in healing. We need to practice walking in healing. Praise God. Praise God for the word of God. Praise God for truth. Praise God for wisdom. I, I want to give a testimony this morning. And it's a, it's a many uh, layered testimony. You know, how many of you in the last six months have, have seen me walk in the building or walk around and I have a limp? Anybody notice that limp? Some of you. Some of you couldn't care less. But <laughs> I have had a hip that's been just, it's been just an agony. And I've been standing and I've been praying. I've been speaking to it. And, you know, I'm like, I don't need to live this way. My, God is my healer. Father, I thank you for healing. I speak to life to my joints. I speak, I am, I, you know, my mom had to have both hips, both hips, a couple of them anyway. Knees. I know, there's only two, but I just, you know, work with me here. You know, it's hereditary, you know, it's this, you know, it's like, no, I am healed. So one layer of this, of this uh, testimony is, is I've been standing by faith, speaking to it for months, saying, no, I will not get old and be, and be crippled. I will not. I pro in the name of Jesus, I speak healing to my body. Amen. I'm going to walk in healing. Amen. And then I get up in the morning. <laughs> and some days I'm down, and I just, oh, whatever. And some days I'm up, and I'm in. Some days I'm down. You know, it's just this, you know, but it's a fight. Fighting the good fight of faith. Faith is you believe God has. God has. He's already done it. He's already healed you of every disease. He's already, he's already healed you of every disease. He's already healed you of every disease. Hallelujah. Every disease. I don't care what its name is. I don't care what the doctor's prognosis is. I, he, he healed us. By his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we were healed. Amen. Doesn't matter. 
So one level of this testimony is I've been just speaking that, and I've been just like a dog with a bone, man, just being on that thing. I'm not giving up. I don't care how bad it hurts. Sometimes it really hurt. I would sit at night. Sometimes it would ache so bad you can't sit in the right position. Well, then one day, it started feeling better. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? It wasn't completely gone, but it was feeling better. I kept speaking to it. Then I came to church one morning. Somebody goes, how you doing? How, you know, how's, that, how's your, your hip? They, they had seen it. They had seen what was going on. And they said, we've started praying for you. We've been praying for you that that hip... They, I didn't ask them to. They just, they were led by God to begin to start praying for this hip. Thank you. Thank you. you God leads you to pray for somebody. You may not even understand what it's about. You pray for them. Doesn't matter what you think it is. Just say, you know, God leads you to pray for Tom. Tom, you know, I don't know what's going on in your life. Doesn't matter. You know, but God starts, leads, leads people to start praying for Tom. Pray for Tom. If you don't know what to pray for Tom, pray in the Spirit. He'll lead you. The Spirit will lead you exactly what to speak. Well, these people started praying for my hip, and it started getting better. About the same time, they started to pray. It got better. But it wasn't gone. Does that mean that God's <clears throat> grace is limited? No. It means that the body of Christ works together. And then, one day, I was, uh, well, actually, I can't remember the exact order of how it happened. It might have happened in this way. Debbie goes, hey, you got a new pair of shoes. We never put a shim. I go to a chiropractor, you know, get the stuff, and it, my back feels great, my neck feels great. So I, and then they put this shim, or, or lift, or whatever they call it in, the, in my shoe. She goes, you got a new pair of shoes, and you didn't, you never had a lift. We didn't put one in that shoe. So I put one in your shoe. Was it that day or a couple days before? <laughs> She's moved on to the next thing now. It's like, the, the box has been checked off. We're moving forward. I don't know what happened back then. I'll just move on. I was going to say some other things, but we'll just move. So she tells me she can put this lift, and all of a sudden I'm realizing it doesn't hurt at all. So what happened there? Well, part of it is standing by faith. We stand by faith, because that's in the Word of God. We, we speak to life. We speak life over our mortal bodies. That's in the Word. I know that because I read that thing. And I keep reading it. And God keeps reminding me. So that's part of it. Somebody else was praying for me. Praise God for the body of Christ. And God gave wisdom to my wife. I wake up in the morning now and I get right out of bed. I sit in any chair I want, whenever as long as I want. Nope. It's, it, it, it's wisdom based on the Word of God, based on faith, based on life, and, and God heals. Amen. But we need to know how to walk it out. We need to practice walking it out because COVID's nothing, folks. I mean, there are worse things out there than COVID. Word of God. Financially, health-wise. We need to be the body of Christ. Turn one last verse here, I think. We'll see. Yep, one last verse. First Corinthians 2, verse 1. 
1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 through 5. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. He's chewing them out. They've been, they got so full of God, they got so full of power, they started being weird. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1, it says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Do you want to know how you're going to make it through the end times? You purpose in your heart to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Do you want to spend your days getting filled up on something? Get filled up on Jesus. Now, I'm not saying, oh, you know, don't be, it's not, it's not the ooey-wooey, warm, fuzzy, glowy, you know. It's in the Word, in the Word, spending time in His presence, praying, speaking life, being the body to the world around you. I loved every song we sang this morning. Every, I just was like, wow, this is exactly what God wants us to hear this morning. Do you want to know how to make it through the end? Get in Jesus. Get in Him. Get in Him. Worship Him. What you said this morning about worship is our worship. It's exactly right. And it's not like we're, we're beating the devil with worship. No, we're just lifting Jesus up. Focus on Him. You don't have to focus on whatever bad is happening. You don't have to focus on whatever news agency says this and, and poll says that. And, I mean, gracious, good night. In the end, it's going to get very, very murky. And here's why I started out talking about that. What people have said to me over the years. Here's where I'm going, folks. As the pastor of this church, here's where I'm headed. If you want to follow me, follow me. And that is, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. So that all men will be drawn unto him. All women, all children, all everybody. Lifting up, preaching the word of God. Not going to get involved. Not going to get worried. I don't care what the stock market does tomorrow. But if it's up, it's up. If it's down, it's down. I don't care what the next disease. Have you heard the latest disease coming up? Have you heard the latest, the latest news? Exactly. Thank you, I appreciate that. Because I have heard, and I'm not going to say it in publicly. Because it doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what the political system does. Do you know what? If November happens and put in whatever, whatever political system, whatever, whatever presidential, I don't care who wins that election, guess who's still going to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords? And you have to be so set on that, folks, because some stuff's going to happen, you're going to go, <laughs> you're going to accidentally go past CNN and go, oh. 
MSNB, whatever, Fox News. I mean, I, I can't even watch Fox News anymore. Because <laughs> they keep throwing those articles in that say, in November, Trump's polls are way down. And it looks like he's going to fail. And my heart goes, Ugh. I wasn't going to be political this morning. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. De what's Deb doing? No, she didn't. She didn't stop. <laughs> See, here's the deal. You think, you think that when, when I st start talking about stuff like this, that for some reason I don't care what happens to our country. That's never the case. I care. I love this country. I love America, but I also love Europe. And I love the former Soviet bloc. And I love Africa. And I, lo I love people. When I, make, when I say statements like, I don't care who wins the election, because the election isn't going to save a single person. And our, our perspective has got to be kingdom. And then go vote your conscience. Go vote Holy Spirit. Go vote truth and life and, 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 and conservative. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> strike that from the, strike that from the, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> but it doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if our mood, if our purpose, if, 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 our, if how we view the day-to-day -day is based on who's polling a certain way, then you're focused on the wrong thing. I was focused on the wrong thing. The focus has got to be squarely on Jesus Christ is Lord. And then go be the church and do all the stuff that you got to do. Invest by the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Invest. I encourage you to invest. We're not done yet. I encourage you to save. I encourage you to spend. Do whatever God leads you to do. Led by His Spirit because His Spirit's in you. Just don't get moved by every wind of doctrine. We're staying focused. That's where I'm headed. If you want to go in the same direction, come on. Staying focused on the kingdom of God will not be defeated. We win. We win. Amen? Brian, can you come and share and close out, please? Good morning. Uh, thank you for giving me a few minutes to speak over the offering. I'll, uh, I'll get us out of here fairly soon. Um, this morning I want to start again with a verse that I started with a few weeks ago. And it's uh, Matthew 17, 24 through 27. It's the, the fish with the coin in its mouth. It says, when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tax, customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. 
take that and give it to them for me and you. As we discussed before, this was quite a miracle to have the fish at the right place to discover the coin in the, in the bottom of the sea, to put it in its mouth and to have it be caught by, by, by Peter. But we know that the exact amount was needed. It was not counterfeit, et cetera, et cetera. But it was, it was a miracle. And the definition of miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency, the suspension or superseding of natural laws. But because miracles are not natural, they are never permanent, right? Every one of us has needed to have a financial miracle from time to time in our life. Situation comes up, we believe the miracle happens, but it's not permanent. We have to move on to another, uh, another level. And, uh, you know, we all do need financial miracles, but I suggest that we should not need to desire to survive from financial miracle to financial miracle. You know, we were very poor when I was growing up. I like to say, you know, we were so poor sometimes that we couldn't even afford to pay attention. But when we got older, you know, I was able to uh, get a job, work, et cetera, et cetera. And I discovered, you know, God is not the provider of our lack and God is not the provider of our uh, poverty. God is the provider of prosperity and blessing. So the definition of blessing is God's favor and his protection. It's his divine spoken favor, and that blessing, when mixed with faith, will produce abundance in spirit, soul, and body. And the good news is we are already blessed. An example of that was from Abraham in Genesis 22, 15 through 18. It says, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven, and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven. And as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, capital S, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You know, God, uh, God blessed Abraham not just because he was Abraham. He blessed him because Abraham trusted in him. By faith, he believed that God was going to deliver what he promised. And he walked in favor his whole life. He did, he did require a miracle for when um, Isaac was was uh, to be sacrificed, but, but he walked in blessing his whole life. And in Deuteronomy, the law tells us in 28, 6 through 10, blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You know, this is, these are a lot of promises. Deuteronomy chapter 28 is promises and curses. Well, Jesus took the curses, right? But the promises are still ours. The blessing of God is a continuing long-term condition as a believer in our lives. But it's not automatic. It has to be received by faith. We have to walk out the blessing. We receive it by faith, and we walk it out. 
Um, in the church I grew up in, we had, a, we had a saying, you know, okay, when you've prayed it through, time to get off your knees and walk it through, right? We walk out our blessing through faith. Um, and this was the old covenant. So in the new covenant, we have a, a greater opportunity. For example, in Galatians 3, 13 through 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So when we get saved, we become a part of Abraham's blessing. We are grafted in. And Jesus took the curse on the cross and paid for the curses. But the blessing of Abraham was passed down through the seed. The seed was Christ. And because of that, because of our faith and our trust in Christ, we are made joint heirs with Jesus, the seed of Abraham and our Redeemer. Andrew Walmack says, it's always better to live a life avoiding problems, which is the result of living in God's blessing, avoiding problems, than it is to be delivered out of problems which requires a miracle. It's better to walk in a life of blessing than to need to go from financial miracle to financial miracle in life. Well, it's easier said than done. And every, like I said earlier, every one of us needs a financial miracle from time to time. But the blessing of God is upon us. We just, we have to receive it. A lack of faith in God's blessing causes us to enter into crisis and causes us to be in need of a miracle. And right before disaster, if we continue steadfast in our belief for a miracle, we receive just enough to get us over the hump. We can then get into a pattern of needing a miracle to pull us out of crises. But I believe by faith, we can get to a stage in life where we believe in the blessing, we receive the blessing, and that we can turn around and we can become the miracle in other people's lives that they need, that they need to see God through us. And we understand who our source is. You know, God is not the source of lack. He's not the source of poverty. He is the source of blessing, and he's also the source of favor. But it's God's grace for us to walk in blessing that we receive and is activated by our faith. So what does this have to do with our offerings? Well, when we understand, trust, and lay claim to the blessing of God because of who we are in Christ, we see his hand of blessing on us in our lives, and we're able to be generous in our giving. It just doesn't automatically happen. God will give us the opportunity to work, the opportunity for ideas, to create wealth, but we understand who our source is. We're not tied to our money, we're not tied to our income. We are tied to who our source is in God. God is our blessing. He's promised that he will take care of our need according to his, his riches and glory. So both miracles and blessing can require faith. But a more mature and developed faith, in my opinion, is needed to walk in a life of blessing. So we are blessed to be a blessing, and we are blessed to represent Christ to the world. So um, thank you for, for your time. I'd like to uh, present the ways we can give. We can give here uh, 
to the box in the back. They're offering envelopes with um, pens. We can give online at rvcc.info slash donate. Um, we can give through the church office, Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., uh, 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue North, Lake Elmo. We can mail it in, uh, Lake uh, River Valley Christian Church at 5900 Lake Elmo Avenue North, Lake Elmo, Minnesota, 55042. Or we can give online to other ministries of RVFM through rvcc.info. Uh, there are pull downs for the various ministries associated with RVFM. Um, I'd like to just take one minute to talk about a couple of slides that have been running through with the uh, announcements. As most of you know, we are a campus of Karis Bible College based in uh, Woodland Park, Colorado. We're starting up our new uh, year in September. We're having uh, an information meeting on Thursday night, July 30th, for anyone who may be interested, 7 to 9 p.m. Um, please, you know, if you're interested at all, please come and listen. Uh, Give an example. Uh, Karis has really reignited my faith, has given me good instruction. Um, we're also going to start uh, a four-week series in August, I don't have all the details yet, uh, from Healing University, which is a curriculum from Karis Bible College. And it'll be on Thursday nights, not sure exactly what the start time will be, but it'll be four weeks starting August 6th. So if you have any interest in that, an email will be going out and there will be um, information at, uh, in the church office. So again, thank you for your time and, and uh, let's pray over the, bless, over the offering. Father God, we do thank you that you are our source, that you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness, including our finances. And Father, we do thank you that when we do need a miracle, it's there. But Father, we do strive by faith to live a life of blessing. Father, we thank you for this congregation. We thank you for the, the givers. Father, we thank you for those who can't give at this time. But Father, we ask your blessing on each gift. Father, we thank you that you have provided for everything that we need. We ask your blessing on the offering and on this day. In Jesus' name, amen.